Welcome to HopeNet Radio, connecting generations to save lives from destructive lifestyles and suicide. Suicide was definitely something that was on my mind a lot. I wanted the pain of life to just stop. My dad is kind of verbally abusive, and he's also a workaholic. When I was hanging around with a bad group, I got raped. I was angry with God for the longest time. A couple weeks ago, my cousin hung himself. I really need to get closer to God. I just slipped so far. It's HopeNet Radio. You can talk with a live spiritual coach anytime at HopeNet360.com. Now, here are the hosts of HopeNet Radio, Jeff and Dave. Hey, welcome to HopeNet Radio tonight. We are talking about bullying, depression, and pizza. Pizza. Uh, pizza. Don't worry. We'll explain. Deep so uh, tonight on the show, it's Dave and, and I, Jeff, and we're glad to be with you tonight. Kyle. What are those voices in the background? Kyle, Jeff? Kyle and Totter. Oh, oh, so good. <laughs> Apparently they're hungry, but uh, <laughs> they are hanging out. Kyle and Todd from Nicolay Bible Institute. And uh, so tonight on the show, you can get involved in the conversation. Email us at hope at hopenet360.com. Or connect with us on Facebook and Twitter. Also check out our website, hopenet360.com. We've got a lot of articles and stuff we're sharing there as well. So tonight, depression, bullying. And pizza. And pizza uh, are all going to make you got our mind going in a certain way here. Pizza. pizza. <laughs> I'm not a pizza. fan. I'm a believer. Yeah, he's a believer in pizza. <laughs> hey, speaking of pizza, Todd. Yes. Favorite? I would. I no, love place, a place, a place. Oh. A, a favorite place where you get pizza? Giordano's. Giordano's? Yes. Where's that at? It's in Chicago. Really? Deep dish. It's Kyle's backyard. It's it's in, it's, okay, how about that's you? My, that's my home. Uh, Lou Malnati's. Lou Malnati's? I've never been there. We should go sometime. We should go and you- What is the difference? Do you know the difference? World. Well, they're both deep dish. Lou's- um, what do you mean by deep dish? Now I, I've seen this this silly pizza where they got they got all like the insides on the top instead of the dare. inside. Don't you dare! Call silly, what? silly. No. But they used to make uh, pizzas are supposed to have like these crusts that are hard and stuff on top of it, not this other way around. We got all that junk piled up. Junk. Uh, I almost just freaked out on you. I have to take a step <laughs> Almost back. went all ape. No, wait a minute. That's wait a minute. like you don't mess with my pizza. <laughs> all right, wait a minute. No, you're you're these these guys are talk, talking Chicago, Jeff. Yeah. Chicago's where they get that kind of pizza. Yeah. Is, is there a place by you in Green Bay area that is pizza for you? I, I'm, are we in trouble if we advertise a place? Packer fan pizza. <laughs> you know, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. It doesn't really matter Garbage. because we're in trouble um, most of the time anyway. There's this little unknown or or low discovered place I think uh, called Old Chicago. Oh. It's got pizza. Hey, there's a there's I've a been, theme here. You have good pizza there. Really? Yes. Okay. Okay. The question is, Wisconsinites, we're, we're we're cheese people. What's this Chicago pizza stuff going on here? Because the three places that were mentioned were out of Chicago. Mm. How, is there anywhere in Wisconsin that makes really great pizza without the Chicago name on it? Why? How? What do you want me to say? All right, <laughs> those listening, we need some emails. We need some. Yeah. We need some more than that. We need samples. We need yeah, samples. We need samples and studio donations. Right. Bring us. No, pizza. here's the deal, though. I mean, you, you like pizza, obviously. All the guys in here like pizza, right? Oh, of course. Yeah. All right. What Dude, makes a pizza good? If I said I'm going to make a pizza and it's going to be really a good pizza without names, what what has to have? What what does it have to look like, Kyle? Well, to me, a good pizza. I like thin crust, but deep dish is just to me. It's so got to have fun. a lot of meat. Yeah, a lot of a lot of manly meat. Some bacon, some mm. sausage, some mm. pepperoni, mm. some okay. any kind of any kind of meat. Just throw it all on there all right. for me. So if you're on a date, do you get a manly pizza oh. or a or a what is the other yeah, word? She has if, to what's the opposite me of manly? Femaley. What you uh, think I'm gonna a, get? A womanly pizza? pizza. <laughs> what's a womanly? <laughs> <Pineapple on the laughs> pizza. Not a chance. <laughs> I got it. So a pineapple pizza to you is not good. That's the epitome of woman. Just ruining a pizza and maybe a woman. Okay, but I don't. Want but that's not bad, right? Yeah. I mean, no, 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 that's, no, no, no. It's I, good. We Backtrack, women, but it's I pineapple on pizza. I don't. I would say it's more un-American. Yeah. Oh. And just like maybe Kyle at hopenet360.com. <laughs> Kyle at hopenet360. All you ladies can write him and talk to him about this. And um, how about uh, Todd? What what makes a good pizza? I really, really like sausage on my pizza. Okay. Yeah. And a lot of sausage, no doubt? Yes. So the, the, if you were going on a date, same question, You, you would you even be concerned with the girl's tastes? Yes. I actually would be very concerned. 
just just because if you want it to be a good date, if you want there to be a second date. <laughs> yeah, you might want to have you less. You better like deep dish. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, that's very interesting. And uh, Jeff, you got any favorites when it comes to pizza? Supreme is probably is probably my favorite kind. Are there um, pineapples on it? This could is, be. Oh. Could be. Uh, uh, a Hawaiian pizza. That would be more uh, appropriate. Yeah, you know, Hawaiian would be pig on there. Canadian bacon and... I don't know. Yeah. yeah. I like Canadian bacon, but Hawaiians like pineapple on the So what's the difference weird. between Canadian bacon and ham? Or American bacon. I, I, is it meat? Then it's good. All right. Well, <laughs> happy, happy pigs come from America. Oh, they do because they get to eat a lot of, like, all That's of our not. waste products that we throw at them from not eating our whole meals. So. Okay, Dave, you're ruining my appetite right now. All right, sorry. <laughs> hey, you know what, though? It, the reason it's kind of interesting when we talk about pizza, see, the difference is here, we could actually... As men, we could spend like the next hour arguing about pizza. Yeah. Right? I mean, we really could. Yeah. And, and that's really how silly we can be. The truth of the matter is the reason we can argue about it is because there's no right answer. But what if there is a right answer? Not on pizza because there can't be. See, there are some things that can't be. If you like pineapple on your pizza, more power to you. Just don't eat with Kyle. Uh, but but if, if you don't like pineapple on your pizza, you like meat, Kyle. My wife loves just cheese. Just cheese. That's it. And and so that's how she eats her pizza. What's funny is none of that's wrong. It's just opinions. But what happens if we go into the area like God who basically is already defined and there it's not for us to determine whether we even like it or don't like it or whether it's right or not right. What if it's already defined? How do you have to approach that? I mean, that's the difference sometimes in a life that's successful and not. There are a lot of people out there who are treating God like pizza. You know, I'll have a God with a little more sausage. I don't want, you know, my God needs to be this way. My God needs to be that way. It's like, are you kidding me? You're describing a God with toppings? Because God is who he is no matter who we think. Yeah. It's kind of like, kind of like if um, somebody was to meet me for the first time and be like, hi, I'm Todd. They're like, yeah, I know. I know all about you. You, you know, just like. You said before, Dave, you're like, oh, okay, so I'm like 400 pounds and I play video games all the time. It's like, well, that's not who I am. So, But they believe that's who you are, so, so right, they right. reject you because of that. Well, that's the thing, too. Um, people have these misconceptions about God, and they have misconceptions about God because people talk about God and they don't know him at all. And that's why people are like, okay, God's like this. When they have no idea about what God's like because they're not in the Word and they're not reading. Yeah, so where does it say that in the Bible? It, it usually, um, most of the time it doesn't. It's just yeah, something yeah. they heard from a friend's right, right. friend. And that's, God is who he is. And it is. becomes a kind of an opinion like pizza. I mean, yeah. it, it becomes like, man, your God's a better pizza than my God. So maybe like, I'll, I'll believe in your God because I think it tastes better. Yeah, you know, your God doesn't punish people. Yeah. Your God doesn't do this. Your God doesn't do that. You know, it, it would do better if people would figure out who he is rather than making him up, I would think. Yeah. Yeah. He doesn't like pineapple, does he? <laughs> <laughs> I think he does. My God does not like pineapple. Yeah. Hey, Kyle, he created pineapple. Settle. He created it. Settle. Settle. Yeah. Let's, let's look at it this way. Tonight we're talking about the other parts of things that are tough in life, depression, and um, and bullying and in our day and age in our culture right now uh, we project our likings or our uh, opinions or our, our preferences on other people and expect them to go along with it and so in life we're oftentimes we're surrounded by some people who have very strong opinions who would if you don't agree with them they'll railroad you they'll isolate you they'll exclude you. They'll belittle you. They'll talk negative behind your back. We kind of know that stuff as bullying in right. our modern-day culture. Bullying itself is its a problem, um, but it's nothing new. Uh, we've, we've, bullying oftentimes starts when we project our preferences, when we project uh, our likings, our opinions, and make them to be more important than anybody else's in life. Would you guys agree? Yeah. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not only that, I mean, w- when you think about it, it's, it's like – a lot of people think God is a bully. He's not. The reason he's not is because as you read the scriptures and you understand his desires, his desires to make you the best you can be, but we've treated God like the big pizza in the sky. We really have. We've said, for example, uh, Todd, if I came to you and said, let's go out and get a great pizza, immediately Todd has something in his head, mm. what that means. Mm. And Kyle has something in his head of what that means. My wife, it would be a cheese pizza. 
That's what she would have in her head. Now, here's the problem. Then when we get to the place where we order the pizza, I'm the one paying, so I'm ordering. And I order a pizza with no cheese and just tomato sauce. Yeah, see? Now, now what happens is there is tremendous disappointment in everybody there. Because I didn't tell them before we went what we were getting. I just said we're going out to get a good pizza. Yeah. And and then everybody had an expectation in their mind of what that meant. And when it came to reality, it was wrong. You know, I call that, and maybe we could talk about it more, but what I call that in life is, is the reality factor. All right. So we're going to take a quick break. You've got it locked into Jeff and Dave here on HopeNet Radio. Stick with Are you hurting? Stressed out? Need somebody to talk to? Chat with a live spiritual coach anytime at HopeNet360.com. This is HopeNet Radio. Feel free to email the show, hope at HopeNet360.com. Now, back to Jeff and Dave. Hey, welcome to HopeNet Radio. It's your host, Jeff and DW. And we're hanging out tonight with you. Get involved in the conversation. Send us an email at hope at hopenet360.com or Facebook and Twitter as well. We're hanging out with you on there. So, Dave, let's maybe talk a little bit about um, bullying happening in our around our young people um, in today's day and age and in a lot of different ways. Tell us a little bit about what's going on from your perspective. You, you know, Jeff, it's really interesting when you start thinking about what's going on because a lot of times we want to fix things but not fix them. Uh, for example, uh, there's there, in the studio where this is, is Todd and Kyle today. And if, if Todd and Kyle came into the studio and they said, um, you know, I have a headache, um, I need an aspirin. I, I wouldn't fault them for that. I could give them an aspirin. But my question to them might be, so your body lacks aspirin, so you need aspirin, so your headache goes away? And, and they would look at me funny like, no, that's not the point. I have a headache and aspirin will take away the headache, but it doesn't fix the headache. Now, I I think before we even start talking about bullying or anything else, we need to put it in perspective. Uh, There is a problem within our culture. There there is a problem. And and the problem can't be fixed with a quick fix. We have to think differently. And that's what we have to invite our listeners to begin to do, is, is to think differently about life. For example, we are a culture that's very much about ourselves. We, we love ourselves. We want to make sure that we are the, the, the main, on the main screen all the time, that everything revolves around us. And when it doesn't, we get ticked. And, and, and if we're big and we're ticked, we beat somebody up. And, and if we're little and we're ticked, we go into depression and we do other things because we think our lives don't matter. E- either one of those extremes can cause great destruction. And, and the bottom line is everybody that's listening today, uh, most of them are going to fall onto that scale somewhere if they're all about themselves. And, and you know what's really strange, Jeff, is uh, narcissism. Uh, do, do you know where that word comes from? I don't know the root word, but I understand what the term Yeah, well, means. The, the narcissism comes from – it's an old story about a guy named Narciss, believe it or not. And this young man, Narciss, was a prince. And, and he, he one day was going by a puddle. And he saw his reflection in the puddle. And he was so enamored. He was so in love with that reflection that he couldn't leave. And he starved to death. And, and that's where narcissism comes from. That's, it comes from Narciss, which is a story about a guy that just loved himself so much that he died because of it. <laughs> and, and you know what's funny is that's what our culture is doing. That's what we're doing to ourselves. When, when you love yourself, you are living in a way that you weren't even created to live. And so... No, that's why you have a problem. For example, God created us in a certain way. He created us to live a certain way. He created us to love him. He created us to love one another. Believe it or not, he didn't create us to focus on ourselves. And when we focus on ourselves, we're miserable people because we're trying to get the whole world to revolve around us. You know, uh, the, the definition of adolescence, do you know what that is? Does anyone know what the definition of adolescence is? It's, it's when you realize that the world doesn't revolve around you anymore. See, that, that's just the definition. <laughs> nice. I yeah. like that one. Let me it's, use it's, that. Yeah, it's very simple. But, but here's what happens. There are some people my age, 57 years old, that haven't got there yet. Hmm. They, they don't realize that the world doesn't revolve around them. It, it doesn't. And, and see, when you live a lie, when you live as if something is true that's not true, what's the result of that? I mean, what can you expect except for trouble? And I think one of the outcroppings of 
living wrong and not understanding how we're created is bullying and depression. It used to be that narcissism, in other words, loving ourselves to a, a fault, was called a disorder in our country. In other words, if I went to a um, counseling and they, they diagnosed me as being a narcissist, okay, <laughs> yeah. which they, they have, then my insurance company, my medical insurance would actually pay for counseling and treatment for that. They don't do that anymore. Because now whoever makes that up, I don't know if it's the American Psychological Society or whoever, whoever makes it up mm-hmm. has decided that narcissism is now normal. So here we live in a culture. And, and this is what I want to lay out for the young people because I think we can change this. And I think the people listening to it can help us do that as a culture. But, but here's what happens. A culture that normalizes narcissism, in other words, a culture that says you need to be all about you only – the fruit of that is bullying, depression, suicide, etc. That that's the fruit of that decision. Yeah. And and so if we want to fix that, what we have to do is back up and fix the real problem instead of giving aspirin. And I'm not against getting treatment for it right now in, in like aspirin. I'm I'm saying what we have to do is is look long term and try and fix it. And I think we can do that if we understand what the Bible says. On the show tonight we have Todd and Kyle. And guys, I want to hear from your perspective too. Uh, Todd, I want to know, do you see some of these similar things that, that Dave is talking about with our youth culture, uh, or is he just way off the bat? No, I think that's totally what is happening. We have been, as a culture, indoctrinated to feel like we are entitled to all these things. And so then when when people are bullying and stuff like this, they feel entitled to be treated better. And they don't stop and realize that, hey, life isn't fair Life is not always a bed of roses, you know. I mean, it's going to be tough. And I think we've come to a point where we just give up. We don't we don't take the time to realize, you know, this is a passing season. Um, I can get help. It makes me really sad to think about people that instead of trying to get help, instead of trying to realize that, hey, I can't go through this alone. I need help. They just give up. We yep. were talking about it before the show started. It's like, we'll go back 100 years ago. Suicide was not nearly as big of an issue as it is now because back then people would realize that, hey, we, it's just a passing thing. Well, just because you know something is in the news now where it maybe wasn't recorded much earlier is I think there's a stigma around depression and about suicide that uh, would limit people from actually talking about it. Right. Dave, you're talking about this this disorder, if you will, uh, a medical disorder known as narcissism. And today, depression is still a diagnosed condition, but uh, their warning signs or their screening for these things are being more scrutinized and trying to actually get to it an earlier. Every single person is going to have a depressing time in their life. There are hills, there are mountaintops, there are valleys in life. And especially if you're a teenager, you're a young adult, there are times where you feel like you're on this constant roller coaster in life. And it's important to know that, number one, these things are part of our culture. Suicide, again, there's a stigma about it of whether we should talk about it or we shouldn't talk about it. Part of the thinking is if we don't talk about it, it'll just go away. You know what? Let's, let's talk about that for a second, Jeff, okay. if we can. You know, one of the things I found through all the years of dealing with, with young people especially is that they cherish the idea of talking about honest things. In other words, when somebody feels suicidal and they come in and they start talking to me and and I might ask them outright, so do you want to kill yourself? I mean, do you feel suicidal right now? There's something refreshing to them about that. It's like, yeah, I do. Yep. Okay. Well, then talk to me about it. And you know what? They they find you didn't fall out of your chair or anything. No. You know why I didn't fall out of my chair is because, again, it's this isn't an aspirin deal. First of all, if you feel like you want to commit suicide, you, you are depressed and you're feeling like you have no hope. We need to talk to you about how you got there. And in the meantime, we want to help you where you're at. In other words, we used the headache illustration earlier. Mm -hmm. All right. If you come in with a headache, I certainly want to give you aspirin to get rid of your headache. I mean, I want to do that. But I don't want to pretend that aspirin is your answer. See, that's that's what I don't want to do. And there's something very refreshing about it. Um, You know, uh, one of the... um, I just heard a story recently about a a lady whose son killed herself. About four weeks, five weeks afterwards, um, she uh, was working and a guy came in and was talking to her. And she said, and the guy said to her, how are you doing with the suicide of your son? And she broke down and cried, went in the back room. 
And the guy went in there with her and said, I'm sorry. And I go, she goes, no, thank you. You're the only one that's mentioned it in four weeks. Yeah. It's like, you know what? The rest of the world was pretending it didn't happen. That, that's not what you do. There is a problem out there that we can deal with if we get the chance to deal with it. Yep. We can open God's word. We can see the answers. There, there, there is something we can do temporarily to help. The aspirin is a good thing. Yep. But, but, but we also not, we don't want to pretend that when the feeling of wanting to commit suicide or depression, when that leaves, you're cured right away. We want to know how you got there, yep. and and I think that what we have to do is really kind of look into God's Word and figure out, all right, what thing is not right about my life that causes this, and take personal responsibility for it. All right, we're going to take a break. We're going to play some music and come back. You're listening to Jeff and Dave, Kyle and Todd, our guests here on HopeNet Radio. We're connecting parents with their teens in real conversations that save lives. HopeNet Radio on Q90FM. This is Hope Net Radio. Connect with us on Facebook and Twitter. Hashtag HNR. Now, back to Jeff and Dave. Hey, welcome back to Hope Net Radio. Dave, in today's day and age, we're very technologically savvy. And in fact, if you're tech savvy, you need to email in on the show tonight. Email hope at hopenet360.com. Or you connect with us on Facebook and Twitter and leave some comments, leave some messages for us. Tonight is all about hope. It's about going through tough times, going through struggles, but also coming out the other side and realizing that you don't have to give up, that there is a reason and a purpose. Dave, before we get into this discussion on more of bullying, and we're going to go to some scripture and check out what God's Word says, uh, we received an email, and I just I wanted to read it because I think there are some students out there that can relate to this young girl's testimony. This is from a young girl named Brooke, and she writes in, she says, I am honestly struggling so much It's so hard to even be happy with life anymore. I have panic attacks all the time, and I'm trying to get a closer relationship with God, but it is so difficult. I'm slacking in school. She talks about being super stressed, can't focus. She hates herself for the choices that she's made uh, and the way that she looks. Uh, She writes in that everything goes downhill, and I never feel joy except from a razor. I don't even know what to do anymore or where to go. My parents just blow it all off and try to act like I'm fine. Sometimes they say things that make it all worse. And I'm lost and broken. And so um, Brooke emailed in. You can email in the show, hope at hopenet360.com. But Dave, speak to us a little bit about Brooke's email. Is there any hope? You know, there really is. But again, I think we have to remind people that we're talking about um, aspirin at some times and, and getting some things fixed. I'm really hoping that Brooke can find an older Christian woman that really loves God that's not in her family. And she'd go talk to her. And she would just tell her how she feels. I think that's very important to do that, um, and that would be the aspirin right now. I mean, I, I think you need to go talk to somebody. In fact, anybody that's listening to the program today, when you, when you are confused and you are feeling like you're hopeless, what you what you want to do is go find somebody who actually has hope and somebody who knows God and somebody who's in a different season of life than you, older than you, and, and I would suggest that you go and tell them how you feel. And and please don't keep yep. it to yourself. And just, you know, if you email us, that's great. We we would love to see your emails and, and help. And the good news about that, Dave, is that we also have an online crisis chat line that's available around the clock. So go to hopenet360.com and talk to a live coach right now. Just click on the help button. They'll be able to talk to a coach and connect with someone that's real that will tell you the truth, that will ask honest questions. Yeah. But that will just be there to listen and encourage you. You know, I might also suggest that you find a, a, an evangelical church, a, a church that really teaches the Bible, and go in and ask the pastor. Just go in and say, I need help, and talk to him and, and see what happens. I, you know, just don't stay by yourself and, and go through this. You need conversations actually save lives, and we want to invite you to join the conversation. Uh, what you need to realize is that there are some answers, actually. Because when you get hopeless, what are you believing? Well, you're believing – usually it starts with one lie that builds on another lie. Exactly. Lie. And, and you're, you're believing that there is no way to change it. Right. There is a way. Really, there is a way to change this. And, right. and, and how we change it is go back to the beginning, believe it or not. It's not too late to go back to the beginning and try and figure out how we were made and start living in the context of how we were made. If you look at anything in life, they're made a certain way. For example, I have an iPhone. You know, and my iPhone is made a very particular way. But let's say I was with Jeff one day, or, or, and we wanted to go canoeing, and I said, no, we don't need a paddle. I got an iPhone. I'll just use my iPhone. 
There's an app for that. Yeah, there's an app for that. <laughs> no, paddling. Do I have to paddle? No. Uh, but and, and so I take the, the, the iPhone. I start using Jeff. goes, no, that's really a dumb idea, Dave. I go, Jeff, really? It's my phone. Leave me alone. <laughs> if I want to do this with my phone, it's my phone, isn't it? And Jeff would have to say, yes, it is your phone. If I want to use it for a paddle, do I have that right? <laughs> I guess uh, you do. Thank don't you very much. Yeah, don't, don't judge him. How dare you judge me? How dare you tell me this is not a good idea? Now, I know what everyone's thinking, Dave. That is really a stupid idea and illustration. Really? You don't have a lot of surface area on a phone to propel yourself. It, it doesn't matter. It's my phone. <laughs> well, that's awesome. I mean, you can probably have Are you one saying that, that I can't use my phone the way I want to? Dave, it's your party. You can exactly. cry if you want to. Now, this is exactly the kind of <laughs> logic that you so often hear from people saying, it's my life. I'll do what I want to. But what they're saying is this. <laughs> I am going to do with my life something that it's not designed to do because I get the choice to do that, and I'm going to do it, so there. And then they get miserable. And then they're going, life's really a bummer. Yeah, that's the end of my iPhone, too, because you know it's not made that way. And what I would love for our, our listeners to understand is there is a way that things were made. And, and what you need to do is discover that way and then live within the context of it, and life is good at that point. Uh, for example, the book of Job. It's very interesting. A lot of people don't know that the book of Job in the Bible uh, is possibly the oldest book that was written. It's about 4,000 years old or more. It, it really uh, possibly uh, predated Genesis. And when I read the book of Job, and, and I invite our listeners to, I, I just asked this question. What about this book was so important that it sat by itself for up to 500 years? Why is this the first communication in the Bible? And and as I read through it, I, I began to see some real interesting answers. You know, one of the things, Jeff, that that um, I, I really want to throw out is this is the ultimate bullying book. I mean, is. this is it. This is the bully book yep. right here. Because Satan is going to flex his muscles, and he is going to just throw everything at a guy because he's a good guy. I mean, think about it. You know, this Job didn't do anything wrong. Yep. In fact, God used him as an example of doing everything right. Yep. And 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 old Satan said, "Oh yeah, oh yeah, Muggsy, we're going to get you, man." And, <laughs> and and he went after him. You know, and and that's what happened. So when you read the book of Job, it's there was a man in the land of Uz. I don't know where that is. Whose name was Job, a man that was blameless and upright, and who feared God and turned away from evil. Here's what's cool. God describes. Here's how you're made. Here, This guy was doing it right. So what did he do that's right? Blameless, upright, feared God, turned from evil. In, in other words, the, the two capsulizing phrases are feared God, turned away from evil. In other words, what does it mean to fear God? Well, I think it has to have great respect. It does have an aspect of it of actual literal, like, God is in control of everything. So if I mess up, God does have the power to put me in my place. So it is a bit of that, but I would say more so it's just the respect that, wow, this is the God that created everything. Yeah. Well, it's it's similar to the fear that you want to instill in your child uh, if you live on a busy road or you're going to a busy road. It's it's knowing that there it, there are a lot more realistic dangers of living in the middle of the road than if you're living— You would limit your child from running and playing in the street? Well, I would do in something. Fact, I would do something that would yes. set my son up for success, whether or not he liked it at the time. Oh wow, that's pretty. So he could actually live. And would not, you consider that controlling of you? No, it's nurturing. Okay, that's see, the word I use. Yeah, so, so let me ask you this though: <laughs> When you were a kid, did it. you think it was controlling? Yes, there were times that I felt like I was being manipulated. Great point. I mean, that's what we're saying right here. See, there are times where God Almighty will will get into your life, talk to you through His Word, and what you have to realize it's. You could say, God, you're so controlling. There's so many rules. What, what if it's not that way? What if he actually loves you and he knows how you were made and he wants you to live a certain way so you're successful? What if that's it and it's not that he's trying to control you? Would that make a difference? It'd make a huge difference, but I think there's a lot of misconception from outside of the church or maybe even within the, the four walls of our church yeah, that totally. we think that it's, it's a God that is just looking to strike us when we mess up. And if I follow these 10 rules, I get a new BMW every month. Yeah. I mean, I mean it's, where it's does that come from, though? I mean, when I read the Bible through, where does it come from that we believe that God is somebody that wants to just beat us up and hurt us? I mean, where do we get that from? Well, it's knowing that God is definitely just. He is definitely righteous. He is all-powerful. Uh, there's a, a great story right in Genesis 6, I believe it is, 
the flood of Noah. And so going through that whole thing, you, you understand that God caused the earth to flood and that you have this healthy respect that if you live in the middle of a danger zone, there are all kinds of things that could end your life at that moment. But if you live underneath the protection of this idea, this concept of God, if you can have this, I guess, primitive idea of... You, you know, Jeff, I know we're going to have to go to a break here soon, but but, yeah. but here's the deal. I, I think what you're, you're describing here is that many people do not grasp the goodness of God or the love of God. For some reason, they think God is not good or that he is not just or he's not right or he's bummed them out or whatever or cheated them or something. We need to talk about that when we come back because I think it's an important part of not just the aspirin. This is the part of curing the problem, and we need to talk about those issues. So, All right. Sounds good. We are going to take a break. We'll play some music, and we'll come back. We've got it locked into HopeNet Radio with Jeff and Dave. Stick around. Love HopeNet Radio? Stay in contact all week long at HopeNet360.com. It's Hope Net Radio. You can talk with a live spiritual coach anytime at HopeNet360.com. Now, here are the hosts of Hope Net Radio, Jeff and Dave. Welcome back to Hope Net Radio. Another hour of conversations that save lives. And tonight, if you're just tuning in, we're somehow managing to put together bullying, depression, and pizza. And we talked a little bit earlier about pizza and our favorite kinds of pizza. You can email us on the show anytime tonight. Hope at hopenet360.com. What about podcasting? Or you can podcast. You can listen to the podcast later on, but that's not applicable right now because right now we're also on Facebook. But if they miss that pizza part, that's what I'm saying. They need to go podcast that baby. They will get the pizza. Don't worry. They're going to get the pizza on the podcast. All right, good. I'm just uh, checking. So good. good. Uh, Connect Facebook and Twitter, HopeNet360. Okay, Dave, you're chomping at the bit here. Um, we're talking about pizza. We're talking about pizza for most people is good unless maybe you're lactose intolerant or you can't stand tomato sauce or cheese or pepperoni or anchovies. Um, Italians. But uh, we have this this faith component as well. And tonight we're talking about bullying, depression, and that sort of thing, how we battle these things, how we maybe stand up to bullies or we, we know where our identity lies so we can overcome these things. So I want you to talk. Give us some insights. Does yeah. the Bible have anything to say? About any of these things and how we respond yeah, to Yeah, you know, we were talking about pizza because we were talking about what makes a good pizza and expectations. And, and what happens a lot of times is we have the wrong expectations in life. In other words, we really think that since we think the world revolves around us and since it revolves around us, that everyone else should revolve around us. And when it doesn't, we get ticked at that. We think God should revolve around us. We have an idea who he is when he's not who he's, we think he is. We say he doesn't even exist. But how did we get there? But we got there because we live in a culture that is saturated with opinion instead of facts. We, we just don't want to deal with the idea of that word truth. We, we don't want to deal with it. But there, there are truths out there. There's not a lot of them, but there are a few. And, and one of the, the most basic truths are that there is a God, and I'm not him. And, and that's very simple. Earlier, these guys were talking about good pizzas. And let me ask you guys this, uh, Todd or, or Kyle. Is God good? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. I would say no. Now, now the whole audience is very quiet, and Gasp. you are too. I, I'm not saying he's not good, but, but let me finish the thought here. When Jesus was told when he was on the earth that he was good, he said, no, nobody's good. That's interesting. Why would he say that? Well, because you can't compare God to anything. And in order for good to be used, you need to compare something to it. For example, when we were talking about a pizza, the reason that Todd likes a uh, sausage on his pizza is because he has tasted pizza without sausage and he's comparing it in his mind. Or, or, or same with Kyle. Uh, he likes Chicago pizza, so he doesn't like Green Bay pizza, whatever that means. Uh, Packer but pizza. Packer oh. pizza. But, it, you know, because he's comparing something in his mind. All right. So what's interesting is the Bible is very clear to say that God is so unique. Do you guys know what the word holy means? Set apart. Set apart is the theological definition. So let me give you one that's not so theological, but I think accurate. It means unique totally unique. And when God is described in the Bible, how many times do they use the word holy? Three times. Holy, 
holy, holy. It would be like me going to talk to somebody and saying, man, this guy is unique, unique, unique. Todd, if I said that to you, what would you be thinking about this guy? I would think kind of repetitive. Yeah. You think he's unique, man. I mean, this guy's unique. Of all, of all the people in the world, this guy's unique. Why? Because Dave just said, this guy's unique, unique, unique. Okay, I get it. Yeah. He's unique. Yeah, unique. And, and, you know, that's exactly what God is. He is different than everybody. He is different than anything. And so what happens is, when we want to call him good, we're actually comparing him to something. But there's nothing to compare him to. He's that different. So the word doesn't even apply. However... He is right, which makes him good in our definition, and that's different. And so what I would like our, 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 our listeners to understand is that that's really the starting block right there. Uh, they might say, well, I don't even believe uh, that there is a God, and I need to get there first. You'll get there one day, I promise. But you, you at least have to have a mind frame where you're willing to sit there and entertain the fact that there could be an almighty God who actually loves you and creates you. That's where it's got to start. Well, and I think, too, there is a... Uh, there's this notion that God is who I say he is. Right. And and it's not – I mean I, I don't wrestle with the there's a God and I'm not him. Right. There's there's a notion that God exists. I can, I can believe that he created. I can believe that you know some of the things that happen in the Old Testament that speak on the origins of life and a law or whatever we understand in our culture that – Laws are a very good thing. They give us boundaries to live by. And so if this deity gave us some laws, then they're probably, if it's a perfect being, it's probably, it should be a perfect law. But there's a notion that God exists, God probably created, but then I mix in what makes, what fits my lifestyle. Right. And so we're, how do we, how do we rise up against that? Is that really a, a good picture to have of God? Do you think that that no, matches up. I mean, is that yeah. is that even possible? No, you know, it's it's it's, it's very. I'm going to use a word. See if you, if Kyle and and Todd know what the word is. It's called syncretistic. You guys know what that word means? Syncretistic. No, I don't no? think so. <clears throat> I know. You've heard me use it before, but it, it, no, it's syn- a syncretism. Right. It's a blending. It's like if you put something in a blender. Yeah. See what what happens is a lot of times when you put a bunch of things in a blender, it becomes a new substance. So, for example, uh, I used to like to juice things, and when I juice things, I, I heard that was real healthy. So I went out and bought a juicer, throw a bunch of stuff in there. You know, I found out you can put all kinds of vegetables in a juicer, and at the end, if you just throw an apple in there, it's usually pretty good. So it doesn't matter what it is, just <laughs> throw it in there, juice it, and throw an apple in there, it's good. So you're saying we should throw a pizza in it? Yeah, yeah pizza in there. I, I never juiced a pizza. That would be a unique thing. Yeah, pizza juice. I got a real story okay, about this. So I have a 22-month-old at home, and... And um, he goes over to his nana's house every every day, pretty much. And um, <laughs> my wife's mom actually juices a lot of stuff and puts everything, maybe even including dirt. I have no idea. But um, so she's she likes to have these smoothies and juices a lot of stuff. And so my son <laughs> will actually go and he'll see it sitting on the table. It's it, I mean it looks like green or some oh, yeah. kind of like oh, yeah. dark Ugly. orange yeah. kind of stuff. Like what's in there? And he takes it and he he sucks it down. Oh man! And she's so impressed that he actually will down it. And, and I it's think one. Twice. It's really one substance, although it's a lot of things put in there. Yeah. At one time, I was juicing, and I, and again, I I loved juicing for a while. Um, and and I thought, you know what? One of my favorite foods in the world is onions. Oh no! Yeah, uh-uh. I love onions, man. <laughs> it's the, by the way, it's the love vegetable. I mean, I'm telling you that. <laughs> if you eat onions and people still love you, they really love you. I mean, that's the way oh, it is. Oh, yeah. Yep, exactly. So, and I guess but, I've never loved. No, you never <laughs> will let's eat an onion. What is love? No, stop. All right. Now, <laughs> the, the, the deal is one day I was juicing. and I had this really prime juice going. I mean, just absolutely fantastic through the apple. And I thought, I love onions. I could improve oh, this by throwing an onion in here. <laughs> so, so I went and I got an onion and I threw it in the juicer. And then I went like my normal self and I grabbed that, that glass and I downed it and I went out and threw up. I mean, I, had, I didn't know that Whoa. onions would do that to my juice, but it ruined it totally. Now, now here's, here's what I'm saying. You can combine whatever you want in life, in your belief system about God. But if you combine the wrong things, you're coming up with a new substance and it's very hard to separate them after you've combined them. For example, if, if I went back to Linda, my wife, and said, here's this juice. Could you please take the onion out? 
<laughs> how do you do that now? How do you de-onion your yeah, juice? I mean, how do you do that? So, so, so the deal is very simple. What, what I needed to do was not put the onion in in the first place. You know, Jeff, here's what I'm going with with the listeners. Our listeners today very much might have the wrong idea of God because they have blended some of what non-Christians have said, some of what Christians have said, some of what the Bible says, some of what the philosophy book says. They've blended it. And, and it's really hard now to separate the components again. But, but here's how you can do it. What you need to do, if, if I had a, a glass of a juice like that and I wanted to change it to orange juice, what I need to do is start putting orange juice in there like crazy. And just let it overflow. Just keep putting orange juice in and orange juice in and orange juice in and orange juice in. What happens eventually is I may never get rid of all the components in there, but I will minimize them eventually. And the orange juice will take over. And so what I would suggest, if, if today the fruit of your life is depression and anger and, and, and maybe you feel like you're jipped because you're being bullied, whatever, and your idea of God is he doesn't defend you and he's maybe a bully, whatever that might be, what you need to do is go back to what is right. You need to go back to the Word of God. You need to find someone who actually knows God and loves him. And you need to start filling that life cup of yours with truth that comes from God's Word. If that's you tonight, if you are in need of some orange juice for your life, we have live coaches waiting to talk to you. Visit HopeNet360.com. Click on Chat with a Live Coach. You've got it locked into HopeNet Radio. If you're going through something tonight, a live coach is waiting to talk to you at HopeNet360.com. This is HopeNet Radio. Feel free to email the show, hope at HopeNet360.com. Now, back to Jeff and Dave. All right, welcome back. It's Jeff, DW, Dave, tonight. Kyle and Todd are in studio with us. Get in on the conversation. Email us tonight before the end of the show at hope at hopenet360.com. Again, this show will be available for podcast on our website at hopenet360.com. And we are working on having an iTunes link set up in the near future. But tonight we're talking about bullying, depression, and pizza, and orange juice, and smoothies, and all of the above, food in general. We're a bunch of guys. What can we say? But I'm drooling. And <laughs> I'm drooling right now. Um, <laughs> but here's here's some things as we get into this discussion. We're going to go and we're going to talk some faith things um, in this next segment. But uh, did you know, as far as depression goes, that more than 350 million people worldwide suffer from depression? And then in America, it's about, it affects about 10% of the population um, that has a, a, a diagnosed physical or mental disorder um, as depression. Um, also, it's a very unreported thing. Oftentimes, people will not go and seek out treatment for depression or anything, and it's 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 honestly one of the most preventable, I guess, disorders or disabilities in our culture, and yet we have a culture that with everything we have, with all the technology, with all the stuff that surrounds us in our life that for some reason – we can't seem to stay happy, Dave. How do we how do we navigate the blues, if you will? What does this What does this show us about just our own condition and yeah. what we need? Give us. You know, one of the things I think you want to put in perspective when you talk with those statistics is that there are people who aren't depressed. There are some people who actually get it in a certain way where they don't get depressed, and so maybe you need to ask them what they know, and not those who are pretending. But there are some people actually, like the Apostle Paul in the Bible. When the Apostle Paul wrote the book of Philippians, and I would invite our listeners to go read that book, yeah. but when he went and he, he wrote the book of Philippians, he was facing uh, death, he was in jail, I mean, all this kind of stuff in that book. And it's a book that you would characterize as joy, the book of joy. <laughs> now, I'm telling you something. You may not understand everything that goes into what he said or whatever, but I would invite you to read the book and say, what does this guy know? Because that's what you need to know. Because really, in this life, there are some very hard things. To go through this life and, and to believe that life is going to not hand you some very difficult moments, to believe that people won't disappoint you, to believe that there won't be separation issues at death and that kind of thing, is false. Th those things will happen. And so you need to have a realistic expectation. We talked earlier about the book of Job. And really, in order to have a realistic expectation, you really need to go into the book of Job, possibly, again, the oldest book in the Bible, and look at what God said. He found this guy, Job, who did things right. And Satan was roaming the earth. All right? That's what the picture is portrayed there. He's roaming the earth. And he went back to God, and he reported back to God. 
Now, what's interesting to me here, this is the very first point I learned in the book of Job, is that we're being shown a little bit behind the scenes what's going on here. Yeah. The, the oldest book in the Bible, God wants us to have a realistic picture of what's going on. There's a battle going on here, and it's between God and Satan. Mm-hmm. And, and what's it over? Well, that's what I'm going to talk about. But the very first thing right now, if you're listening today, if you do not think that there's a battle going on in this world and it's between God and Satan and you are the prize, you are not understanding things clearly. And therefore, you're in a position to be depressed someday and to be angry about what's going on because you're not realistic. Uh, there is a battle. Okay. The, the second item is very interesting. God eventually points out to Job that, um, I mean, points out to Satan that there's this guy named Job. Because obviously Satan was avoiding him. Because Satan, if you check the Bible, was saying he's the accuser, other things. He wasn't going to go after Job. He did things right. Now, here's what's cool. What happened is Satan said to God, of course he loves you. You give him stuff. He was the richest man in the world. He was very smart. Kids, you give him stuff. That's why he loves you. Here's what you have to understand. Satan was attacking the very idea of love right there. In other words, God is love. God loves Todd. Todd loves Dave. Todd loves Kyle. Put your name in there. God loves. <laughs> and, and, and so what happens is if Satan could mess up our concept of love, he could mess up relationships he could mess up God. He could mess up everything just by messing that concept up. So, so what happened is that, that Satan started, God said to Satan, no, Job actually understands this love thing. Go ahead after him. You could, you could do everything. You can't touch him. but you could. So one day he lost all his children, lost all his money, lost everything. That's not fair. No. But here's what happened. See, I wish he could have seen behind the scenes because what was happening was Job was a man who was being exalted by God. He was a man that was saying, you know what? Job does it right. Job understands life. He understands death. And, and when that happens, it's not just about us on earth. There's a big thing going on out here. Yeah. There's a war. See, we already learned that. There's a war. And so what, what was interesting is that in all of this, the Bible tells us Job didn't sin. In fact, when all of that happened, he dropped to his knees and he worshiped God. What you have to ask yourself is, what did this guy know? Because it... Who's doing the bullying here, God or Satan? Satan. Yeah, exactly. Not God. Yeah. God's saying, you know what? I'm going to show you what this guy knows. What is it that's carrying Job through this? What he feels or what he knows? I think there, there are times in the book when you read through Job that it's definitely your feelings. When you read the book of Job, it's a very interesting perspective because Job had every reason to doubt God, mm-hmm. you know, he had every reason to question why he would allow this, his sovereignty. He would, he had in our own flesh, he responded the way that our flesh would, would do it. It's, it's like, okay, I've lived and I've done everything that I could to the best of my ability. And I've done a lot of things right. What did I do to deserve this? Yeah, but he didn't say that his friends did. Right, right. But again, it's looking at it. That's what we're that, – that's the, the attack. That we, well, that's the attack I'm talking about. The yes. love attack is this. What, what happens is, first, there's a war. Second, the war is about the concept of love, what that is. Mm. Third, here's how he does it. Three out of four of Job's friends didn't understand love. They came to Job and said to him – and they were good friends, by the way. Yep. But they came to Job and said, you know what? You must have done something wrong. Yeah. You know. Now, we know the story. He didn't. But that's what they insisted. Why? Because their idea of love was warped. Their idea of love was, if God loves you, he's your sugar daddy in the sky, man. Right. And some people actually, and I've heard this more often than not, but this thinking that Christians should never be depressed, and if they're depressed, it's rooted in some kind of a sin or some kind of destructive behavior or whatever. And that from this story of Job, it doesn't even sound like that's exactly the case, that somehow we've done something to deserve this or that... Because we're depressed, because we've, we're feeling the blues, because we feel like life isn't worth living yeah. for, we've, we must have done something. You know what? There's times where you can't always feel good in life. And, and, and to think there's something wrong with you and you've got to fix it when you don't feel good. You know, if you drop a, a hammer on your toe, it's going to hurt. Yeah. And, and, and you say, I've got to make this good, man. And there's no way to make that good. <laughs> you know, I mean, you, you, you hurt for a second. I, I have relatives who have c- committed suicide. 
There's no way to make that not hurt. And he shouldn't make it not hurt. What did Job know? I mean, I'm not saying Job wasn't hurt by by his sons and daughters dying and his money gone and his No. But what happened is Job never went to despair because he understood there is a war. He understood what love was. He realized it had nothing to do with, I mean, God didn't give him things just because uh, uh, of this love thing. God gave him things, and, and those things are not tied to the fact that he behaves all the time or doesn't behave all the time. And, and so what's interesting is three out, of four, three out of four of Job's friends didn't get that. And they came and they kept telling him, no, Job, you have to straighten this out. You did something really bad. That's not the case. And, and at the end of the book of Job, what's interesting, nobody really knows what happened. But here's my, my suggestion as far as what happened in Job. Because all of a sudden, God started to lecture Job and got on him pretty much. Mm-hmm. I think what happened is Job was okay with God saying, God, you randomly picked me out. You randomly beat me up. Fine. And, and that's what made God upset because God isn't random. So, so I think I want to encourage our friends. You need to know that there is a war or you're in trouble. You need to know that it's about the concept of love. You better understand it from a biblical viewpoint. You have to realize that maybe three out of four of your friends don't get it. And you need to be personally responsible for what you believe. That's a good start in starting to get away from the depression and some other things. Now, it doesn't mean that you'll always feel good. I didn't say that. It, it just helps you in, in understanding what the truth is so that you can relate like you should to God and get on the right path. All right, we got to take a break. Listening to Jeff and Dave, Kyle and Todd, of course, here on HopeNet Radio. Love HopeNet Radio? Stay in contact all week long at HopeNet360.com. This is HopeNet Radio. Connect with us on Facebook and Twitter. Hashtag HNR. Now, back to Jeff and Dave. Welcome back to HopeNet Radio. We're glad you're here. You know, today we've been talking about the idea of um, suffering, really, from bullying, if you want to call it, and depression a little bit, and trying to put it into perspective, and, and instead of uh, giving people just aspirins, uh, trying to, uh, to give them a real answer. And uh, we've enjoyed our time with Kyle and uh, Todd, uh, and, of course, the director of HopeNet 360 uh, at the queue here is Jeff. And, Jeff, I, I, I know you have a tremendous heart for young people who are struggling. And it's very evident that uh, you care deeply for them and want them to, uh, to somehow be able to find the answers they need. Could, could you, just from your heart in this last segment for today, uh, share your heart with the, the people that are listening on what would you want them to understand from today's show and, and what would you like them to do with the information we gave them today? A couple of things are really key. Uh, in talking with many different students about struggles and having been a teenager and someone that's gone through ups and downs and had friends that were once your friend and not your friend. Um, you know, what's really interesting about today's generation is I believe we have one of the most connected generations out there. We have some of the brightest uh, people in this world right now who are in our youth and they're going to change the world one day. And yet we have this, I think a starting statistic that 25% of our young people think of suicide. They contemplate it which means they probably have gone through some kind of depressing state in their life. Um, maybe they lost somebody, a loved one or whatever, and have not worked through grief. For whatever reason, um, our young people are, are hurting generation. And it's not, to, it's not to say a woe is me kind of a thing, let's play a victim card. It's not that at all. It's, it's to say these things really do happen. Um, our young people are struggling with depression. They're struggling with cutting. They're struggling with self-injury and other things. And, and uh, we can do something about it. But what I really think is so essential to understand is that um, when it comes to bullying in our day and age, young people are being pressed from a lot of different sides. And even our young adults, there are people that uh, are out there who uh, could be your friend one day, and the next day or the next week, they turn their back, they're, they're talking about you, they're sending you texts, or they're sending you Facebook messages or anonymous uh, anonymous messages, more or less, like you know, on your Ask or whatever other social media sites, and it's so easy today for bullies to be behind a screen. It's so easy today for the traditional method of getting pummeled in the hall or having your lunch money stolen out of your back pocket while somebody held you upside down. Uh, it totally went out the window. Now it's I hate when that happens. Now it's much more of an emotional abuse when it comes to bullying, and I can tell you that the scars that young people are facing are more an emotional abuse than they are physical abuse these days. We're so easy to identify 
people who are emotionally or who are physically abused. But the emotional abuse, I think, is even more damaging in our young people. So um, when it comes to parenting uh, your child who might be going through a time where she's, he or she is being bullied at school or at her job or her workplace is to, to sit down and have a conversation and talk about it. You know, how does it make you feel? What it, what's going on? Um, how do you want me to help versus, you know, you just stepping in and trying to make the solution happen or maybe, you know, having some words with the parents or whatever and maybe even complicating the situation. Do you um, really believe that conversations save lives? I really do believe that if we are willing to be humble enough to open up a conversation and, and to talk about our feelings and, be and what's going on and be truthful and honest, that can bring hope and restoration. I think when you deal with conflict, conflict never goes away. But there are positive ways to handle conflict and there are negative ways to handle conflict. There are assertive ways that you can use in handling conflict and there are passive-aggressive ways you can use to handle conflict. How we handle conflict in a relationship is key. But when we, when it comes to bullying, get to a safe place, find a way to unplug and to disconnect, um, have an accountability partner, have somebody that is a mentor to you uh, who will speak truth and encourage you. And again, we have our crisis chat line that's available just for that at hopenet360.com. For people who are going through a time where they're they're depressed or they're in the blues. One of the things that I know from experience, there are a lot of Christians, people that uh, know that God loves them, knows that God has planned for them, and yet are depressed. And they feel like it's a weakness that maybe I don't have enough faith or maybe I, I don't have you know, something. Maybe I'm, I'm doing something to deserve this or, God, I just want you to set me free from this depression. He will do that. But understand that it's not something to beat yourself up more about is being depressed. It's, it, you have to check the voices that are going on internally. Check what you're hearing, what you're putting in. You know, if you're going to work and, and every single day you get your boss harping on you uh, or you go to school and you were late on an assignment or something's frustrating you in the classroom, you're not addressing it. You're not finding a way to have a positive voice in your life. Chances are you're just going to believe those voices and those are going to continue to own you. And it's until you figure out that having a conversation, having positive relationships, knowing where to find those and where to go, we can't be just set on medicine to fix all of our problems, which is one of those things in today's day and age that we look to medicine to fix us. Right. Um, we have to know that it's also a spiritual thing. And so whether you're a person of faith listening to this show or you're not, and if you've lasted this far in the show, I applaud you if you're not a faith person because it, it really comes down to we're wired to believe in something. We believe something. We believe that there is some kind of truth. We may not acknowledge it philosophically, whatever, but we do live out truth in our day-to-day lives. So I, I just, I really want to encourage our listeners with that tonight, that if you're struggling with any of those things, there is hope. There is no reason for you to give up, that God has a plan. He has a purpose. And when it comes to bullying, you can stand up and you can rest on God's word to be truth and not just what those voices are saying. Those are the big thoughts that I have for tonight. And um, Dave, I want you to just to share a little bit about Nicolay Bible and what's happening, what you guys are doing up at Nicolay Bible Institute a little bit. We're just excited to be able to have a one-year program here where young people can come and learn the Bible and learn how to serve others in an environment that really is conducive for that. And I think they can check the website for uh, 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 details on that and just click on something and get over there. But we'd love to have you uh, join us. And I'd just like to echo what Jeff said. Um, If you're one who is not a person that you would consider a faith right now, uh, we want to continue to invite you into the dialogue. Uh, we would love to continue to be able to talk to you about what you believe and why you believe it. And uh, hopefully you give us that chance because uh, I personally, I love God. I, I know him and I wish that you did too. And I think it makes all the difference in the world. Kyle and Todd, do you guys have any final thoughts for tonight? Yeah, I do. Um, we talk about depression. We talk about things like that. And I just want to make sure that everybody who's listening knows that there's people out there that care and love you and that are wanting to talk to you and that want to hear your story. Um, and that includes us. So don't shy away from the church. Don't shy away from youth pastors, people like that, that are put in your life and are people that care about you. Um, I think sometimes we get we, we feel like we don't, nobody loves us and nobody wants to be around us, but that, that's just not the truth. We do this show because cause they have a passion for kids your age and for people who are just generally depressed and that there's other people out there, probably close to you, that really genuinely care about you, that want to hear about what you're going through so don't feel like you're alone don't feel that um you're depressed without hope there is a hope and there's people that care and love you and the ultimate is god truly does love you i just want to say that um if there's something you're dealing with in your life that's really hard realize that life is full of seasons 
things will change, things can get better, and also realize that whatever it is that you're going through, God, if you give him the chance, he will transform your life and perhaps use what it is that you are going through to help somebody else someday. God does not waste anything in our lives. He's in the business of taking things that are broken and hurting and making them beautiful and whole. Yeah, this it's been a good show. <laughs> Can't believe we tied up depression, bullying, and pizza, and juice, and um, all these great things in one mm, show. But we've done it. So uh, we definitely have a variety of pizza of a show going on here. But you can continue. We're going to continue this conversation on Facebook and Twitter at HopeNet360. You can also email us anytime at hope at hopenet360.com and share your thoughts, share your experiences with us. We would love to hear your story and love to connect with you there. So for Dave, Kyle, and Todd, it's Jeff saying so long. Thanks for listening in tonight. And remember, conversations save lives. We'll see you again soon. Adios. Bye, guys.